This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Eating processed food for every meal isn't healthy for people or for dogs. We all know that. And kibble is subject to multiple rounds of high heat processing, making it an ultra processed food. The farmer's dog is real, fresh, healthy food with whole meat and veggies gently cooked in human-grade kitchens to preserve their nutritional value. My dog, Barnaby, loves the farmer's dogs. When he sees me pulling one of those packets out, he comes running. It's personalized, vet-developed, and it has recipes for as little as $2 a day. Meals arrive in pre-portion, ready-to-serve packs, and they're conveniently delivered on whatever schedule works for me. Get 50% off your first box of fresh, healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash happier. That's 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash happier. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast where we talk about strategies and tips for making our lives happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative. This week, we'll talk about why you might choose your TV theme song, and we're going to discuss many terrific listener answers to a listener question about how to handle being laid off. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and with me is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft, who gave me the idea for my TV theme song. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. And Gretch, I will say you definitely don't want to hear me sing a TV theme song. So <laughs> yeah, we can discuss it, but I won't be singing. Yeah, you and me both, sister. Um, but before we jump in, we got a couple um, especially interesting updates from listeners that we wanted to share. Um, one comes from Sarah, who's in Kansas City, um, our hometown. Yay. So that's very exciting uh, on the Kansas side. Um, and this one I thought was so funny. She writes, I love the podcast and have listened since day one. And our mutual friend Mindy told me about it. Oh, we love Mindy. And she writes, in one of the recent episodes, 224, you talked about made up words. Here is one I've used for years. An obligation, which I coined when having to go on an obligatory vacation, i.e. to see relatives or something you normally might not choose to do, but feel obligated. So that's the obligation. I love that. That is so funny. Isn't that great? Yes, I love it. And then, Gretchen, we um, heard from Denise on the subject of snooze alarms. (laughs) She said, I heard the podcast episode with the person who struggled with her snooze alarm. This was a problem I had for many years. Sometimes I would hit it for hours and I always started my day rushed and frustrated. I bought an old-fashioned battery alarm clock that doesn't have a snooze button, the kind with the loud bells on top. 
I know when that alarm goes off, there is no option to do anything other than get up. This has been life-changing for me. I have plenty of time in the morning. I am an upholder who tends obliger, but still couldn't meet the expectation to get up without a snooze until I bought this clock. I love this. Just don't have a snooze alarm at all. Yes. Um, But so a listener, Cindy, had a similar uh, point, and she said she did some research, and when she Googled where to find an alarm clock without a snooze button, um, she found many options for like, you know, $10, $20. So you you do not have to invest a lot. So this is an example of where you pay more to get less because you just don't want to have the option to use the snooze alarm. So you're going to buy one without the snooze alarm. Yes. Um, Now, Elizabeth, this week, our Try This at Home tip is to choose your TV theme song. I love this. It's such a fun, um, easy try this at home for summer. Yes. So this is like the fun kick back and have some fun with your try this at home. This is this is not like make yourself go to the doctor. This is okay. Um, yes. And we love okay. choosing themes, Elizabeth. I've noticed we have a theme of choosing themes. It's like your one yes. word theme, you're, you know, all that stuff. Now, I got this idea of picking a TV theme song because, okay, we went to Minneapolis to do our live show. And that got us talking about the Mary Tyler Moore show. Um, and you had told me about a book that you loved um, called Mary and Lou and Rhoda and Ted and all the brilliant minds who made the Mary Tyler Moore show a classic. So I came home and got the book and read it and I loved it too. Um, and that reading that book got the earworm in my mind of the theme song to the Mary Tyler Moore show, which of course is like a super well-known um, theme song. And it just seemed like this would be fun. Like there's so many like very well-known, beloved TV theme songs. And could you do it? Like we did it, like pick a holiday theme. What was yours? All is calm, all is bright. Um, So from Mary Tyler Moore, I picked, uh, I picked, this is my theme. Yeah, love is all around, no need to waste it. I think that's a great theme. Yes. Yes. I love it. I mean, that every time I hear that, I smile. I know. I know. Now, I guess we should clarify what we mean by picking a phrase because I picked an actual word phrase. Love is all around. No need to waste it. But you don't have yeah. to do that. Do it that way. Yeah. I mean, Gretchen, you can pick a phrase. You can pick the whole theme song. You can also, of course, choose a song that has no lyrics. It's just music. Oh, if yeah. You, if you like the song um, without lyrics. Yeah. Um, so, Elizabeth, what do you think your theme is? Okay, well, I thought about this, of course, Gretchen, when she brought it up. Um, so many good options. But I had to go with Oprah's theme song from 1998. Okay. Her theme song changed okay. various times. Yeah. Um, called Run On. And she sang it. Oh. So that's why I chose it. Um, and I like the words as well. Let's listen. That's great. Yes. So um, it's fitting for me also right now in my life, not knowing what my next work (laughs) thing is. Um, It's a very timely theme song. um, And you know, I love Oprah. Yeah. Um, So that makes me happy. Well, it's also got a lot of energy. Run on. It's like it's feels yes. full of bursting with, uh, you know, you see someone like sprinting across a meadow or something. 
You know, another one that occurs to me um, is there's been so much lately um, about Mr. Rogers. There was a big Mr. Rogers mm, biography of yes. Fred Rogers. There was a documentary. And so I think the phrase, please won't you be my neighbor, would be a really good, yes. a good phrase for today. Um, that would be full of meaning. Um, yes. And of course, Scratch, one of the most famous um, theme songs, I think, of all time is from Cheers. Oh, yeah. Um, and it has the line, sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And they're always glad you came. Yeah. I feel like that was such a great song. Um, and I think people really do have that feeling. So yes. it spoke to people. Yes, exactly. Well, and similarly, I think another super famous um, theme song, which was from Friends, which is having a renaissance now. It seems like every my, like my daughters oh, are yes. watching Friends all the time and the fashion has really come back. Um, and of course, they had the uh, I'll Be There For You uh, theme song from the Rembrandts. That's a great theme. I'll be there for you. Um, here's a fun fact, which I recently learned. The sh- that that song was written for the television show, and then they turned it into like a regular song. I, you know, it wasn't like a, you know, song on the radio that then they picked up. They it was written for the show. That is so interesting because I always thought the opposite. I yeah. thought it was a song that they picked. No, nope. so no, nope. sense. It was a th- it was a theme song that was so popular that it like it, it it crossed over now these are all kind of retro um but a theme that's popular right now is a show that i love um that again i watch with eliza and eleanor which is from bob's burger and it doesn't have uh it doesn't it's an example of something that doesn't have lyrics but it's really really catchy and it might be a good theme song for somebody who just wants like a catchy theme song in there to to be their theme It just makes me that smile hearing touchy. it. It's really fun. Yes. And it, it, the opening changes. The, it's, a cart- it's an animated show, and so it, it, it changes every time. It's really a fun opening of a show. So it just, it just gets me like in a happy um, kind of goofy mood every time I hear that music. It's funny, Gretch. I feel like with the having your own theme song, it's like a good thing to play in your head when you're going into a big meeting yes. or something where you're nervous. And it's like, think of your theme song. Yes, yeah. You know, to get you amped up. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, or like the Mary Tyler Moore is such like an optimistic, like when she throws her, her, you know, kind of gets you in that mood. But you know, a theme, the song that I realized was hugely influential to me, um, and was kind of maybe the theme song for my children's childhood was we never even really watched Barney and Friends. Like nobody in my family liked it, but somehow that song, I sang it to my children all the time, like when I was giving them a bath or putting them or like getting them dressed, you know, when they're little and you have to like mm-hmm. wiggle them through. And I will attempt to sing it. Okay, here I go. Let's oh, go. Wow. I love you. You love me. We're a happy family with a great big hug and a kiss from me to you. Won't you say you love me too? Yeah. So that's like, hey, that is about as complex. Good, that's as complex as I get. Um, you know, but I managed to pull that one I have to say, up. your voice is way better than mine. <laughs> Not saying much. Not I'm saying impressed. much. But um, I sang that. That's like, I think that's why I sang it, because like I could manage that. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, yeah, that's sort of a theme. But listen, a lot of these themes are from old shows. Why, you're a TV person. Why don't shows have these catchy theme songs anymore? I feel like we're not pulling them up from 
contemporary stuff. Well, you know what's interesting is that many, many shows now don't have long opening credits the way they used to. Like if you think about the Love Boat credits or something where yeah. they went on and showed all the actors and, Their and names. there would be time for a song. Now, a lot of times people just have a title card, um, which is only seven seconds. So for instance, on The Fix... yeah. It would be, it would just show the fixed title card and the, and a little tiny bit of music would play and then it'd go right into the show. Um, so that's why, you know, in seven seconds, it's hard to have lyrics. And so the show is running when it says like executive producer, whatever. It's those- Right. The show is just underneath it. Yeah. Uh, and why, why did they make that change? Is it just the pressure of time? Yeah, I think there's just more ads than there were, say, in the 80s. Uh, so um, people, of course, who are making the show want to have more time for the show. So you don't want to use up that time on opening credits. Um, now, some shows that are on streaming and stuff will still have um, long opening credits. Mad Men had a famous title sequence. Um, Game of Thrones. You know, there's Game of Thrones, of course. That and was, that was actually part of the storytelling. So that yes. was super fun. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so that, in case anyone is wondering, is the reason why there aren't as many catchy theme songs as there used to be. Well, you know what? I think one of the issues, though, um, when there are words, when there's a song, it's much easier to call up the song. Like, you and I are not very musical, as I think this is clear. Um, yeah. <laughs> and if there's, so- if there's words, it's kind of easier to pull it up in your mind. Like you said, oh, this could be yeah. your psych-up song. Well, like, I have seen The Office a million times, two million times. Like, I've seen every episode, like, a hundred times. I mean, I, 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 I've se- I have watched The Office. But if you said to me right now, pull up in your mind the theme song for The Office, mm-hmm. it's not that easy for me. I think, I think having words helps you bring up the tune. I mean, like, okay, just everybody in their mind, here's the thought experiment. Think of the theme song from The Office. Okay, now we're going to play the theme song. I can't conjure that up in my yes. mind. I can't either. You know, uh, but, but I do it, think that's the the problem of being musically challenged. But I think if it was like "Welcome to the Office," here we are today, or something like that, I think it would be yes. easier. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. But what's interesting to me, Gretchen, about theme songs is that they are so evocative. I yeah, mean, they are. Um, recently, ABC did live performances of um, two episodes, one of All in the Family mm. and one of the Jeffersons. Yeah. And so they did the theme songs live. Um, the actors sang the one from All in the Family. Those were the days. Those were the days. Such a famous theme song, yeah. of course. And then Jennifer Hudson did Moving On Up, yeah. the theme song from the Jeffersons. And it was my favorite part of the whole thing, ah. was seeing the theme songs. Yeah. Um, I feel like, because not only can you use them to psych you up, but they also can take you back yes. to another time in life. Yes. If it is sort of a more nostalgic yes. choice. Yeah. Like me with Barney. It's like, it takes me back. Yes. Even though we never actually watched the show, it, it, ta- it takes me back to a, to a period of time. That's right. It's oh. like a smell. 
It is. It's like a smell. Absolutely. Well, let us know if you do try this at home and how choosing your TV theme song works for you and what your theme song is and why you picked it. Um, this is was just super fun. This is a playful one. Nice. We love whimsy. Um, let us know on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com or go to happiercast.com slash 231 for everything related to this episode. Coming up, a happiness hack related to wearing clothes. But first, this break. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Gretchen, it is time for a happiness hack. And today it's wear something right away. Yes. So this is my hack. And I don't think this would be something that everyone would struggle with. But um, you and I have talked about how we have trouble wearing clothes Um, And I also have this thing where I will save things like I will buy, you know, I'll get beautiful stationery as a gift and then I will save it or I will get a new white T-shirt because my T-shirts are all gross and then I will save it. And so I am disinclined to wear real clothes and I have this this propensity to save things that are new. And this combined, sometimes I will buy clothes and then not wear them for a really long time. And then almost like I can't incorporate them into my mental landscape of what I have Mm. to wear. I can't really explain it other than it somehow never makes its way into my mind. It's like, this is a piece of clothing or a pair of shoes that I have. So what I've learned is that 
I fight my desire to save things. And I try to make sure that the minute, like the next day or the next week that I get something new, I wear it right away so that I don't start saving it because it's already got the tags up. It's already been worn once. And I've already incorporated it in some way. I've worn it. I've worn these shoes with a certain pair of pants or I've worn this shirt. Um, and it's also a good test because if I, if I'm buying something and I'm thinking I need to wear this tomorrow and I'm excited to wear it tomorrow, that's a good idea that that's a good indication that I want it. If it's like, Mm -hmm. Ooh, I don't really feel like wearing it tomorrow, but maybe it'll come in handy later. It's probably, well, maybe you don't really want that Gretchen because you're not really embracing the idea of working it into your wardrobe. Okay, so let me ask you a question. I know recently mom was in New York and you went shoe shopping because yes. you really needed shoes. I really needed shoes. Did you wear the shoes you bought right away? Did you follow this? I forced myself. I forced myself. Okay. There was a pair of sandals that I got way, way, way on sale and they're very cute. Um, but I I could feel myself wanting to save them and I forced myself to wear them and I forced myself to wear oh, all good. of them. One pair is a little bit fancier and I haven't had an opportunity to wear it. Um, mm. But I'm going to think the next time that I can't. But no, I absolutely did. And and as a consequence, I think I really have worn them much more um, because there's just for me, I don't know, I would love to know if other people suffer from this. It's partly saving and partly, again, just kind of like not really grasping its how to work it into what I already have. I think some people, when they get something new, they can't wait to try it out with a bunch of different outfits. I'm like the opposite. It's like work for Mm -hmm. me to figure out how to put it to use. I mean, not that my wardrobe is that complicated. I mean, I make it sound like I'm doing these super fanciful, you know, (laughs) sophisticated outfits. This for me is like wearing a pair of brown sandals with jeans. Um, But it's really helped me. it's It's really helped me wear things and really make good use of things, um, which is a good feeling. I feel better when I'm like really using all my stuff all the time. Of course. I mean, otherwise, why get it? Yeah. I mean, and my my thing is, you know, so often and I, when I help people clear their closets for, you know, outer order inner calm, a lot of times people would have things that still have the labels, the the tags in them. So mm-hmm. I think it's like wear it, get the tags out, get it, get it, get it worn, get it used. Um, feels good. That's my hack. Spend out. Spend out. And now uh, let's talk about listener answers. Often we will answer a listener question, but sometimes we will throw out a question to the listeners and ask people what they think. If there's a particularly thought-provoking or difficult um, situation or circumstance that a listener is facing, it's great to hear what a lot of people have to say. We can all learn from each other. And so in episode 228, we read a question from Tanya, a listener, um, and she was in a tough situation because she'd been let go from her job, but she still had two months to work there. And and she wanted to be there for those two months, and and, uh, there was a lot of good aspects um, to the situation, but she was still struggling. And so she was asking for suggestions about how to make this time happier. And so many listeners had great suggestions for her. And I think, Elizabeth, one of the one of the most helpful things is to realize so many people have experienced this. Almost yes. many, many people who wrote in or called in prefaced it by saying, hey, I I was there too. I was in this exact situation. Um, and so sometimes it's just nice to know that other people have been through the same thing that you're struggling with. So you're not alone. Yes, Tanya, you are not you're alone. You're not alone. So Gretchen, um, the first suggestion comes from Mary. She says, Tanya should start looking for another job while she's still employed. 
she said she doesn't want to leave before doing what she needs to get her severance, but that doesn't take into account the possibilities of getting a new job with a signing bonus or higher salary, which could be even more than the severance package. Even if that doesn't pan out, at least she'll have something to think about besides her current job ending. And if she realizes that she doesn't want to do this because she wants to summer off, then when her coworkers' talk starts to get her down, she can remind herself that the reason she's putting up with this situation is so she can have the summer off. Realizing that staying is in fact a choice she's making should help her feel more empowered. Well, that's a great idea because I think it's like rather than feeling like I'm not making any decisions, they're making the decisions. Yeah. It's like, no, you, you're really deciding too. And that, that's a positive thing. Um, and then from someone else who's, who'd been through it, Laura wrote, um, I just listened to episode 228 and Tanya's story hit close to home. When my previous company had a round of layoffs, my job was eliminated along with a few others. I was the only one of my friends to lose my job. And I found myself having the same resentful feelings towards them that Tanya is having. To make matters worse, this layoff coincided with Thanksgiving, and needless to say, it made for a not-so-pleasant holiday season. To Tanya, I would say, no matter how difficult it is, do your best to stay positive. During my time off from work, I found success in keeping my same schedule. I would wake up at my normal time and apply for jobs in the morning. I would go to the gym during my lunch break and go to bed at a decent hour. Almost three years later, not only am I writing to you from the desk of my dream job, but I honestly believe I would not be here if it weren't for being let go. Losing that job led me to where I wanted to be, and I believe you will come out the other side better off than where you are now, like I did. And this, Elizabeth, reminds me of something that Rob Lowe wrote, which was, sometimes you have to get fired in order to get hired. Mm, um, and so that's yes. it's helpful to remember that you don't know how it's it going to work out. Absolutely. Um, and then, Gretchen, we have a voicemail um, from a Gretchen. Yes. Got some advice. Hi, Liz and Gretchen. I'm another Gretchen. Uh, and I'm a vice president at a museum and have some advice for Tanya, your listener, who's dealing with a working severance. Um, I mean, first, you just have to acknowledge that those are awful situations. And usually it's an employer trying to find a way to uh, reduce the financial impact or give somebody more time to find another job. But that's an awful situation for anybody to be in. Uh, it's not really any better to be escorted out of the building with your box of stuff the day they tell you that your job is over. But uh, there's something about the slow dead men walking period, we call it in management, which is you know, really difficult. But so here's my advice for Tanya. This is what I've done for employees in similar situations. I really think she needs to sit down with her boss and ask, uh, is there any way that I can work more from home, that we can agree on what's the work that actually needs to get done over the next two months that's important to do and how there can be some flexibility around how she does that. I find that the most useful thing to do for an employee who's on their way out the door is to decide what work really needs to get done and then give them as much freedom in po as possible in how and where they do that work, both so that they really do have time to look for uh, another job and so you've got the transition knowledge that you need out of it. 
Um, I always feel like if you've decided that a position is not continuing or a particular person is not continuing in that position, asking them to perform exactly as they have been performing up until the point that you made that decision really isn't fair. So if I were Tanya, I would meet with her boss. I would be honest with her boss about how difficult the situation is and particularly emphasize that she doesn't want to make it hard on her fellow employees. She doesn't want them to stop talking about how excited they are. But could she and her boss come to some agreement about what the work is that needs to get done moving forward uh, and some flexibility on when and where and how she does that work? Thanks. Yeah, well, Gretchen, it is great to hear from someone who's on the other side of it, who's kind of managing this. Um, And I think the idea to work from home and discuss what work actually needs to happen is fantastic. And it feels sort of like everyone wins in that situation. Absolutely. Um, Here's another good idea um, from Rachel. She says, one way to reframe it is to think about the future. The staff going to the new company could well change. They could restructure and rehire or lay off some of your current colleagues. They may leave and you may meet them again in a new setting. You might find yourself interviewed by them, or maybe they'll be coming to you for work. The way you handle yourself will be remembered. It could serve you well if they admire how maturely you cope with such an awkward situation. Every stab to the heart that you brush off, think of as another green tick on your resume. Good luck finding a new job. The thoughtful way you've coped so far shows what an asset you'll be to your next company. So that's good. So that's well, your... This is brilliant, yes. Gretch. I think, because I real certainly in my um, career, people are constantly being hired and fired and the same people mill about. Yeah. So how you <laughs> behave yeah. is super important. Right, because that that's just another aspect of the way people know you. Um, it, yeah. Absolutely. Now, here's some very practical suggestions that come from Jeanette. Um, Jeanette had a similar experience, and she said that it was life-changing. Call it oblige your rebellion or whatever you want, but I took this time to rethink where I was going in my career and left the world of marketing and communications to pursue my passion for pastry. I had explored this years before, but never went to school for it, which was a dream. I just put it off, and I remember coming back to my desk hours after receiving the news and immediately thinking, screw this, I'm going to pastry school, (laughs) and I made it so. So here's, I think, some of her really um, kind of helpful practical tips. One is don't work any overtime. Take all the breaks you're entitled to and allow yourself to be feeling fully recharged by the time the severance period ends. Build your portfolio. Most people leave in a short time and don't get the chance to collate what their work samples are to update their portfolio in a job search. Update your resume, of course, but also your LinkedIn profile and any other social media presence to polish your online brand and personal presence for job search. Maybe go get photos taken on a work break to update your profiles. Well, listen, this is something you and Sarah have talked about in Happier in Hollywood, how everybody needs like a good headshot. And this is a good time. And and sort of picking up um, what a previous listener said, she said, make a plan for what you have to do before you leave your job and bloom where you're planted. It feels like sour grapes to be canned and live that out over a long period. But the world is small and you never know when you might be working with these people again. So do your best to make a smooth exit and to remember that you're not alone. So those are some really good su- suggestions. Yes. Yeah. Um, And then, Gretchen, we had a voicemail um, from someone who wishes to remain anonymous. Hi, Gretchen and Elizabeth. I just listened to this last episode where the listener, Tanya, talked about struggling with a working severance. 
I had a similar, if not exactly the same situation that I had to deal with recently that I'd like to share with you and hopefully it will help Tanya at least know that she isn't alone. Back in January of this year, I was let go from my job of one and a half years. They were essentially dissolving a department they had created specifically for me, rendering me, in their words, redundant. Ouch. I won't go into all the details, but the long and short of it is that there was a lot of restructuring and toxic behavior within that company that just wasn't sitting right with me. I had been thinking about leaving anyways to take my burgeoning side hustle full-time, thanks to Side Hustle School. But naturally, my plan had been to leave my job in June of this year instead of January, so I'd have time to save money and launch as successfully as possible. When they let me go, however, they did offer me a very generous severance package with the only caveat being that I tell everyone it was my idea to quit. On one hand, this presented me with the unique opportunity to launch my business funded by my severance package. But on the other hand, I don't like lying to people and the whole situation just felt icky. I ended up taking the severance package and stayed on for two weeks to help transition my day-to-days to those that would be taking them over. This was the hardest part for me. The people that would be taking over my former tasks are kind, hardworking, and were already stretched very thin. But because I had agreed to tell everyone that it was my idea to leave, It felt like I was leaving these amazing people in the lurch. I wanted to explain to them what was really going on, that it wasn't my fault, but my hands were tied. I was furious about it and also extremely heartbroken. I cried, I yelled, I slammed doors when I got home, freaking out both of my dogs and my long-suffering husband. I pride myself on being the person that leaves jobs on such good terms that literally every single place has asked me to come back and work for them again. And it felt like this company took that badge of honor away from me. I was betrayed. Basically, I had an identity crisis on top of everything else. I can't stress enough how rough January was, guys. But then I decided to make the best of the situation. I launched my business two days after leaving my old job. And what's more, I haven't had to touch more than $2,000 of my severance package. In fact, my business has become so successful so quickly that in the next month, I will be making per month more than I was making with the job I that let me go. And here's the kicker. That company that let me go has just today hired me as an independent contractor consultant for a monthly fee. How's that for an identity crisis? So to Tanya, this situation sucks. It is hard and you have every right to feel betrayed, upset, furious, and every other emotion. But this is an incredible opportunity for you to go out and kick butt. In the wise words of King Solomon, this too shall pass away. Well, I think that's just a great reminder. Like, you don't know what's next. Everything's going to be different. Everything's going to change. Hang in there. Yeah. You know, it's just such, it's a thing that so many people have gone through. Yeah, Gretchen, I'm really just struck by how thoughtful everyone's responses are. Yeah. Um, that alone should make Tanya just sort of feel buoyed up yeah. during this time. Right. Yeah, and finally, here are a couple of very practical um, ideas from Liz. Um, one is make a list of things you won't miss about the job. <laughs> um, yeah. And Elizabeth, we, you yeah. and I talked about this not long ago. 
Yes, yes. That's always good advice because there are things you won't miss. Yes, yeah. And the other thing Liz suggests is leave on your terms. She says, for me, that meant quietly leaving my office midway through my last day, only saying goodbye to my closest coworkers. If you'd like to have a goodbye lunch or happy hour, have one, but only if you want to. That's great. That is great. Yes. So, uh, Tanya, we hope that this has been helpful to hear from so many other people who have been through um, a similar situation. And but listeners, thank you for all these like very constructive, practical, thoughtful ideas about how to handle a tough time. Yes. And Gretchen, this seems like an appropriate time to say onward and upward. Yes. Onward and upward. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Coming up, Gretchen's happiness to merit is more of a realization. But first, <laughs> this break. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small, and when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Gretchen, when I started my career, Therapy really helped me work through all of my stresses so that I was able to concentrate at work and do a good job. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Gretchen Rubin today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Gretchen Rubin. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. As your kids get older, some things about parenting get easier. They can dress themselves. They can clean up after themselves, allegedly. Other things don't, like having conversations about money. The fact is, kids won't really know how to manage their money unless they're actually in charge of it. That's where Greenlight can help. Greenlight is a debit card and money app made for families. Parents can send money to their kids and keep an eye on their kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens build money confidence and lifelong financial literacy skills. Yeah, Jack has green light. And one thing I love is that it includes a chores feature where you can set up one time or recurring chores and reward kids with allowance for a job well done. Gretchen, we used to mow the lawn. How much more motivated would we have been if we'd had funds deposited when we completed the hut chore? Mm -hmm. Sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash happier. That's greenlight.com slash happier to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash happier. Okay, Gretch, it is time for demerits and gold stars. And this week, it is your turn um, for happiness demerit. Yeah, it's a demerit, or as you say, maybe it's more of a realization. Um, so my daughter Eliza's home from college, and she was summoned to jury duty. Mm. And um, so we see, you know, I see the thing come in the mail, and, you know, she's got her internships. And so, you know, oh my gosh, it's jury duty. What does she do? When is it? Oh, it's this, it's that. You got to go, you got to call. And and I realized like I put it on my calendar. I was like monitoring it very closely and sort of what's going on with jury duty. And then all of a sudden I realized I don't need to manage this. She's managing this. She's totally responsible. She's got it under control. She did get put on a jury. 
Um, Mm -hmm. and, um, but this is not my problem. I I do not need to manage this. And, um, I remember, um, you know, dad told me, Elizabeth, um, uh, told me, you know, at some point you go from being an advisor to a cheerleader. And Mm. I feel like I'm searching for the analogy here because I'm going from sort of really helping and guiding to really Mm -hmm. just watching. Uh, Yeah, this is why they say cutting the apron strings. It's like she's got to, if she's old enough to serve on a jury (laughs) and send someone to jail, she's old enough to like remember to call the number to see if she has to show up tomorrow. Yes, yes, that is very well put. Yes, so that is my, that was my realization. So I, I I wouldn't say I was giving myself a demerit for sort of being overly involved. It was just like it hadn't occurred to me like, okay, I don't have to be involved and, and, right. and realizing I could step back. And so, um, yeah, so it felt like, it felt like a big, a, bi- a big moment in my head. Um, yeah. Um, I should probably apply this scratch to brushing Jack's hair, <laughs> which is where we're at in this process. I should probably step back from brushing his hair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you want Mrs. Piggle to come. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Where's yeah, Mrs. What would Mrs. What analogy would Mrs. Pigglewiggle make right now? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, 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 I wish that I wish there was a, an adult Mrs. Pigglewiggle. I feel like I feel like I would like to spring Mrs. Pigglewiggle on Jamie. Um, mm. But so, what's your gold star? Well, Gretch, I have got to give a gold star this week to Kansas City summer. Ooh. Okay, I was recently um, in Kansas City. I took Jack. We went for five days. And, you know, it's funny because some people don't like the Midwest in summer. They don't like, like in Kansas City, it can be extremely humid. Yeah. Um, The weather changes a lot. You know, it can go from raining to sun, back to rain. But I just love it. When I step outside in Kansas City and I feel that like sweet, heavy, hot air, that to me is summer. And I just love it. It feels like I'm home. It feels like I'm 16 again. Yeah. Um, I could just sit outside all night in that air. And it just felt so good to be there because I don't usually get to spend much time in Kansas City in the summer because that's such a busy work time for me. Yeah. So, um, again, it's an advantage of not working um, in our discussion you know, yeah. that we just had about Tanya. Yeah. So I was able to spend time there and it just felt so good. So, um, you know, how much we love Kansas City and always worthy of a gold star, but specifically this week, it's to summer in Kansas City. You don't often hear people praise humidity, but I am right there with you. I love that heavy, 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 muggy Kansas City air. Yes. 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 And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Choose your TV theme song. Let us know if you tried it and what theme you picked. Thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed. Also, thanks to our engineer, Bob Tabador, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Happier with Gretchen Rubin is part of the Onward Project, a family of podcasts brought together by me, all about how to make your life better. If you like our podcast, you'll probably also like Elizabeth's other podcast, Happier in Hollywood, because one podcast isn't enough. Um, <laughs> she does that with Sarah Fain. Chris Gillibo's show, Side Hustle School and do the thing from Whole30's Melissa Hartwig Urban. If you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend and rate and review. That really helps us. 
If you would like to download a free excerpt from my latest book, Outer Order, Inner Calm, you can get that at GretchenRubin.com slash resources. Or if you are an audiobook listener, you can listen to an excerpt of the audiobook there. And if you want to connect with other happier listeners or readers who like my books, you can join my free app, The Better App. You can also create or join an online accountability group. Just uh, go to betterapp.us if you're on a desktop or search the App Store for Better Gretchen Rubin. And it's free, of course. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and Upward. So Gretchen, someone was talking about um, it's not great to be escorted out of the building either, you know, right away. And it reminded me of one time when I got fired, my lunch had just arrived and Sarah wasn't there. She was out of town. So I was like, I am going to sit in this office and eat this soup and no one is going to force me out until my soup is done. So that's how fast I had to get out of there. Oh my gosh. That is cold. Awkward. (laughs) From the Onward Project. I don't know about you, but I'm always looking for ways for my son to get involved and give back in our local community. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Student Visionaries of the Year, a campaign by Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, the largest nonprofit organization dedicated to creating a world without blood cancers. Student Visionaries of the Year is a seven-week philanthropic leadership development program for high school students. Participants form strong teams and fundraise in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This program is transformative. It not only helps students develop valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship, not to mention it looks great on college applications, but most importantly, is also a chance for them to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on blood cancer patients and their families. You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org students. That's lls.org students.